0: quiet in washington with the house and senate not in session usa
1: radio news there are many things to think about if you are buying a home or refinancing your present one like what's better a direct lender or a mortgage broker we like to think that a direct lender like fellowship home loans is best as a direct lender there is no middleman and endless requests for more documents This could save you time and impact your terms and rates. As a direct lender, Fellowship Home Loans can often close your loan in less than three weeks. Let's talk about it at 800-804-SAVE. That's 800-804-7283 or online at fellowshiphomeloans.com. Regardless of your needs, Fellowship Home Loans wants to be your go-to source for home loans. Talk to a person, not a machine, at 800-804-SAFE. That's 800-804-7283 or online at fellowshiphomeloans.com. Home is actually our middle name, Fellowship Home Loans. Welcome home. Intercontinental Capital Group, DBA Fellowship Home Loans, Equal Housing Opportunity Lender,
2: MLS number 60134.
0: Former President Donald Trump says he was very appreciative and surprised by President Biden's public praise for the Trump administration's rapid development of coronavirus vaccines. The former president also telling Fox News he thinks Biden's praise was a terrific thing and that it makes a lot of people happy. A Michigan appeals court is overturning the conviction of a former Michigan State University gymnastics coach.
1: Former Michigan State University coach Kathy Clagis went to jail for lying about her knowledge of sexual abuse complaints against Larry Nasser as far back as the 1990s. The appeals court judges did not determine that Kathy Clagis told the truth to investigators, but rather that her interviews were not crucial in a state investigation of how the university responded to allegations about Nasser. Clagis' attorney said she has, quote, finally been vindicated. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis.
2: You're listening to USA. Grill. What doesn't the Beef Jerky Store have when it comes to snacks? 20 different brands of beef jerky, exotic jerkies like buffalo, venison, and kangaroo. Candy, seasoned nuts, specialty cookies, and so much more. Located at the same convenient location downtown at Ogden and 3rd Street for more than 20 years. For more information, go to BeefJerkyStore.com. That's BeefJerkyStore.com.
1: The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Three, two, one! Bring in 2022 with Blue Oyster Cult at the Golden Nugget. Cult, live in the Golden Nugget showroom Friday, December 31st at 8 p.m. Formed in Stony Brook, New York in 1967, Blue Oyster Cult has sold 25 million records worldwide and continues to thrill audiences. Oh, no.
4: Coast, yeah.
1: Coast, yeah. Tickets to see Blue Oyster Cult Friday, December 31st are on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. All registered hotel guests of the Golden Nugget will receive complimentary wristbands for the Fremont Street experience on New Year's Eve other great acts coming in january of 2022 to the golden nugget showroom include the cow sills on friday january 14th and starship featuring mickey thomas on friday january 28th and don't miss blue oyster cult new year's eve only at the golden nugget downtown las vegas Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our Power Play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a Power Play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag #AdamCutnerPowerPlay, And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go!
5: All right, here we go. It's another edition of Sports Insider Radio, inviting you to check out the website, sportsinsiderradio.com. Brian Blessing, glad to be with you in Las Vegas. Hey, Dave Miller's going to check in in a little bit, but we've got our pal John, who's hanging back east in Baltimore, and we'll do the deep dive on bowl season, the NFL, and what's going on in the sporting world on the COVID side of things. Uh, Our heads are on a swivel. Let's see what's shaking with John, back east, how you doing, pal?
4: Well, there's a reason why I'm alone. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So the, the rapid test came back negative for Big Mike, but I was in the office with him on Saturday, Sunday morning, and uh, he was at a, a function on Saturday evening, and then one of the guys called him at round 101. He knows not to call until the, this first snap of the NFL games. And he says, I just want to let you know, um, I tested positive and, uh, just letting everybody know that was with me last night and, um, he felt fine. And he, you know, we have a spatially separate office. Everybody's 10, 20 feet away from each other at all times. And, uh, not cause of COVID, we just don't like each other that much. <laughs> um, and, uh, and you know, he, I get the call Monday morning. He's like, I can't get out of bed. I don't feel well. I'm blah, blah. I mean, you know, and, and so then his throat hurt. He went and sat in a patient first from nine to one on Monday to get the rapid test. The rapid test came back negative, but now they do the PCR test. So I called him yesterday. Obviously, he didn't feel good. He's scratchy throat, very mild symptoms, more body ache and tiredness, which is basically look, it could look for all we know, Brian, it could be the it could be the flu. So then this morning he's still waiting. It's, they say twenty-four to forty-four hours for the PCR test. He still hasn't gotten the PCR test. So then I text Micah in Georgia and I say, "Hey, Micah, can you come on and do the radio show with me?" No. What do you think he tells no. me? I can't get out of bed. Oh, I can't no. get out of bed. I, I can't get a break. This,
5: this is this is the world we're living so, in, wait, buddy.
4: Wait, wait, wait. So he says, "I went and got the rapid test,
5: and I'm also negative." So Well, the flu nowadays, is still a thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, flu the flu is still so a thing. Flu,
4: now, so all I can say for the listeners out there, John works out every day, ice plunges and fasts. Maybe that's maybe knocking on wood. I'm not trying to jinx myself. Um, you know, look, I'll, I will say, you know, vaccine or no vaccine, obviously people are, getting, um, people are getting it. The symptoms are less. I'm not really worried about Michael. We're worried about... Uh, Mike, even if they have it, because um, they're protected. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to give out too much info. On, honestly, I would and,
5: I would say to you, uh, yeah, you said all those other things. Maybe it's the cigars that are doing it.
4: Maybe it's the cigars that are doing it. But, you know, what's interesting. You know, here's the thing. I wanted to start off the show while we're waiting for Dave. Hopefully, Dave, I texted him the call, and maybe he's not in bed either. Oh, and then it'll right. just be me and you today. But. Here, here, but here's the thing. Are you surprised? My, my son is already off school for Christmas break. He's in the other room, and he says, Dad, did you hear that they canceled um, uh, hockey two days early? And I was going, let me talk to Brian about this. So what's your take? Do you, my, here's my take. I'm being a very – before you answer, my skepticism is it will never happen in NBA and NFL again, I hope. Um, because of the money involved, and then just in term not saying that there 's not money and not trying to disrespect your beloved hockey, but it 's just in a volume and marketing uh, let 's just agree that we can agree that it just doesn 't carry the financial weight that the NFL and the NBA does, so if anybody was going to do it, the NHL would do it before the nBA or the, um, or the nFL so i 'll let you run with that
5: well. The NHL actually played a game last night. They canceled three of the four yesterday. They played the game here in Vegas last night. And Vegas had just returned from a four-game Eastern Road swing. And it was a miracle. You're sitting there going, they had played Boston, who had played Calgary that had basically got the entire organization, uh, ended up getting uh, COVID. And you're waiting and waiting, and it never happened. And Vegas made it home the morning of the game. Two uh, guys came down with it did not play. Tampa had been in Vegas since Sunday, so they and they were for the most part okay. And then on the day of the game, their coach comes down with it, but they played the game last night. It was a great game and they got through it. It was the only game that was played. They're shutting it down now with games scheduled to return on Monday. And, you know, who knows when they come back, you know, what teams are going to have you know what kind of covid list they're going to have their their hope is to come back on monday but the big news was for the nhl they said okay they finally said what had to be said they're not going to the olympics which means they have a 3 week break scheduled for february for the olympics that is now a 3 week break that is going to help them make up the games they're losing so in time the nhl will be fine it's just a question of you know, they change their testing from every third day to every day. Uh, we're just going to watch all these sports. And uh, we'll see if the NFL's plan where they're going to let guys play that are asymptomatic. And if, if that works, then I would look for other leagues to implement that. But clearly right now, and I believe Dave's joining us, but I mean, clearly, you know, John, we're just sitting here, you know, kind of in a, in a holding pattern. Uh, Bowl season's been okay. College football, college hoops, we're getting through some of these games. But once something happens on a college campus, you know, it's just a matter of time till the whole basketball team gets it. So it's a matter of just finding a way uh, to deal with this thing and and move forward, hopefully, without shutting everything down. That's the fear. So,
4: you know, why I don't know if Dave's on the air right now, but the issue that I have with this is that yeah. So the issue that I have with this, Dave. What's up, Dave? Um, hey, how are you? buddy? You know, we were talking. Good. We were talking about why Big Mike is not on the air. I call- he's he was uh, we he's in bed sick. We don't know, he's tested negative. We're waiting for the PCR test. Then I tried to get Micah to come on the air, and Micah said, "I'm in bed. I'm sick. I can't get out of bed." He tested negative, and then we're just talking about how you know the hockey's being affected. Now I have Mike in the office being affected. I got Micah being affected. How you doing? You staying? Uh, you staying uh, unaffected? <laughs> I'm
3: unaffected. I'm unaffected. But it's funny you said that because I feel like more than half my friends are in bed sick right now. Just one person after another. Oh, I'm so sick. Yeah, like so that's kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. Now, are these it's people just, spread out through
4: Vegas and Colorado? Or is it predominantly in Colorado? Right yeah. Now?
3: No, all, all around. It. I literally know four people. I can't believe it. four people messaged me between yesterday or today. Just I'm sick. Three of them, I think. So now out you know bad. six. I don't know. Now
4: you got. Th- now you got. Now you know you're six, and then you can add Mike yeah, and Big Mike to the
3: list. Yeah. Yeah. This is crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't. Know, and Texas. let me tell you something then, about
4: you know. Well, let you one more thing. It, they're canceling. It. Yeah. They
3: canceled a lot of games yesterday and the day before for the basketball games. So I don't know, but they, I kind of feel if just one person has it, and yeah, they just, they'll just okay. We're going to cancel the game. So I don't know, but it doesn't look good.
4: What were you saying? Well, that what's I wanted to get to the betting side of it, which was uh-huh. you know how is it affecting your overall. Closing. It's the same thing we talked about last week. The closing line value is it, is it just driving you crazy because, you like for instance last night uh, right before game time I was going to play New Orleans, uh, New Orleans Pelicans because I saw that there was another COVID injury and of course they won and they blew out the whoever they were playing. But I mean that had nothing to do with handicapping. That had nothing to do with closing line value. It was just oh there's a COVID injury on the other side. Boom boom boom. Like, are you getting? Are you trying to wait closer to game time because of these game time decisions, or is or are you just going about no th- trying to beat the it's numbers normal. usual?
3: Yeah, normal routine, it. and it could go either way. It could go either way. Your team could something could happen to the other team, so it's the same. And then if if someone gets affected, it it just well long long run, they're going to move the number accordingly. So there's. So, so it really doesn't, I don't know, unless you have some read on this COVID situation in general. Like, okay, if a couple of players, uh, maybe another one will go to I hope someone say that. But I I don't know about that. I don't know. I just go about my normal routine. And I feel it's balanced, it's, it's averaged out. I mean, like, half the time mine has COVID, half the time the other team's player has COVID. So, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't change too much and just hopefully they play the game, you know, in college. Well, that's
4: a, that's the thing we were talking about that I don't really believe and that's what Brian and I were talking. I don't believe and back to I can ask you both this question. Do you believe that the NFL and the NBA will ever, you know, shut it down? My my opinion is I don't believe so. You and no. Brian might have a different opinion.
3: No. I don't think
5: so. Brian, what do you think? No, I think I think well, I think they're changing the protocols and none of the players want to bubble. That's the last resort. Uh but they'll they're, no, they're gonna keep going. I, I think they're 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 gonna keep going. And the NF they're gonna watch closely what the NFL uh has happening with the way they're going to approach things where guys can play that are asymptomatic. Um because you know there's just so much about this thing that it's it's so contagious but it's like you know who's actually spreading the thing that's the thing it's just a matter of time it it it, it just seems like we're on the fast track honestly sad but true that um, just listen to this radio show i mean basically John the majority of your circle even now even Dave's guys uh and I, honestly i'm driving in today and on the way in, my best friend calls me back in Buffalo. And he is in a hotel quarantining for 10 days because he got it. And this poor guy's got to spend Christmas in a in a hotel room. So, I mean, everybody's getting it. That, that's just the fact of the matter. It's also the time now- of year, right? That's gotta, that's well, that's what I was going to say. Is
4: like, is anybody really shocked? Because this is the time of year where you just—I mean, again, Colorado—you have four seasons. Vegas, you—you you know. Well, the here, here soft, well, when when
5: there. you say John, you say the time of the year. So I'm talking to my buddy, and basically, he was driving a friend of his, who was sick, who didn't feel good. He drove a friend of his to get tested. So he's like, "Well, I'm here." Uh, and you know, he's okay. I'm here. I'll do it. The guy that was sick tested negative. He was. He goes in there. He tested positive, so he gets quarantined. Huh. He goes to the the to the hotel, and he said the last two days, a uh, day and a half. You know, he was like sweating and didn't feel good. And today he said he's running ready to run laps. There's no rhyme yeah. or reason that is. Yeah. All right.
3: Yeah. And then everyone just assumes they have COVID when they're sick. That's other thing. What percentage of the people you think actually
5: have COVID that are sick? What do you guys think? It, I mean, it, you know, without the, the getting tested thing, who knows? Well, right now, obviously, this thing's going like wildfire. But I mean, throughout this whole thing, you know, I mean, the cold and cold get a cold flus. I mean, it's not like they just disappeared. Although you would yeah. think well, so, the, the way everybody acts.
4: I mean, the first year, the yeah, first yeah. year that you could basically yeah. make a case, the first year you could make basically make a case that they kind of did disappear because nobody was, everybody like I'm talking 2020, everybody was in a full quarantine and nobody was going out. So I mean, obviously, that also can weaken your immune system because you're just not being exposed to that many people. Um, so at some point, like the kids like every day my daughter's in eighth grade every single day a letter i get an email from the county saying so and so in class so and so they don't give the name of the child just we wanted to inform you that you know two kids have tested po-. now here's the thing where you have mandatory testing the governor of maryland uh, larry hogan just tested positive as part of his man his daily his weekly testing regimen with no symptoms he's uh, vaccinated and boosted so he wouldn't even, he, he was asymptomatic, right? The thing is with the kids in school, they're only getting tested when they go to their pediatrician and they're sick, and then the doctor automatically tests them. instead of them having assuming they just have the flu or a cold, then they just now protocols that they just test them, and then they find out that these kids actually have it. So the difference is a lot of these athletes that are getting tested, like you said, Brian, they're asymptomatic, and it's just part of the regimen versus the kids in school. I don't really believe that. You're a father and a grandfather. You're a father, Dave. I don't think that our kids, my kids are not getting tested unless they are sick and they're going to the pediatrician and the pediatrician says, let's get them tested. You know what I mean? Why would I just take them out of school and just test them randomly? It wouldn't make sense. Yeah,
5: exactly. So you, so, you, have, a, yeah. you have
4: this asymptomatic situation in sports, which it's interesting enough because... Uh, you know, you're, um, you're obviously we're on the radio one hour a week, Brian, but you're on the radio seven hours every day with all your different stuff that you're doing. How many of these athletes are actually sick, or has it pretty much been that they're all asymptomatic?
5: I think the vast majority are a- asymptomatic, but there are, there are guys that are you know getting sick. But it, it sure sounds like you know, and it's just stuff the reports and things we we hear and being reported it it sounds like the majority of them are okay and some of the guys do have symptoms it almost i, I i'm not ai don't know, it's like a three to one ratio that it seems to be asymptomatic something like that it, that's a perception thing
3: mm-hmm.
4: right and have you noticed uh have you noticed a situation on um on um I mean, these these games like yesterday in the NFL, did you I – mean, I mean, the Cleveland game, let's talk about the Cleveland game and that closing number. I don't know either side of which guys you – I mean, that game was crazy. I mean, that Oakland game, I mean, to be laying two-and-a-half with a third-string quarterback, to me it just seems like was the contrarian square side – I mean, the contrarian side, Dave, you just automatically take Cleveland
3: in that situation because you just – so, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Because they were, they were pretty banged up. I don't know about that, but I had it. But I don't know if it was an automatic. Uh, it's it was definitely a panic spot for sure. But no, it didn't feel that great of a play. And then they I, they needed the back door to to get in there. So the, the line was probably right in the long run. I don't know. We're close to it. Should have been close to it. I should say.
4: Yeah, I mean, what would you, yeah. what did you think about that, Brian? That was insane. I mean, I, at that point, I'm like, wow, I got clients texting me, how do they make the lines so low? I, don't know. I mean, it's always obviously, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call that, Dave Island games when everybody's concentrating on the one game because it's on yeah. the island by itself?
3: You know, if I if mean, it's much more announced. But 3rd three quarterback. That, you hear that just off the top, and that's pretty scary i you mean, your your picture in fourth and nineteen, pick sixes, you know. So I don't know. It's kind of scary in general. Oh, but hundred percent. Yeah, did you a little bit on it? Did you yeah, make a play on the
4: Texas A&M Wake? Did you make a play on the Texas A&M Wake Forest game? No, I'm just joking. You looking at your screen? I am.
3: I'm making. A, I'm not. I'm looking at the screen, but I'm, I'm not. Did you see now, the pop up that just came up? Did you Did you see the pop up that just came up? No, I'm in, in the, the other room now. Up? Oh, Texas say.
4: A&M versus Wake Forest has been canceled due to issues with COVID-19 within the Texas A&M team. So now they're starting to tell you, um, listen team? to this, Brian. Wake Forest is currently searching for a team to replace Texas A&M in the Gator Bowl. Like this literally, I don't know if you have the screen up, uh, Dave, if you can go look. I have never seen an alert like that ever. Texas A&M versus Wake Forest has been canceled due to issues with COVID-19 within the Texas A&M team. I
3: mean yeah, Wake
4: Forest I mean, is currently searching for a team to replace Texas <laughs> Texas A&M in the Gator Bowl. Now, that's crazy. Have you ever seen an alert like that, David?
5: N- no, well, uh, I am I'm going through the bowl schedule. What uh there's so many dog games. What's the date of that game?
4: It's uh game number 256
5: 266 on yeah. the
4: rotation yeah what's the date uh, let me go back to it uh, on the screen
5: i'm scrolling here we're doing this live it never fails College oh here it is i got football. it it's a, so it's the gator bowl friday december 31st i mean that was right. that was going to be a good football game I mean, searching. Well, what, here's for what t- I don't
4: understand: It's only the 22nd. You would think by then everybody'd be cool. That's like seven days, where they got to have the mandatory 10 days, like your best friend in the hotel room.
5: Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, that just seems. It's 11 days away. It's 11 days away, but I get. But the problem is, if if, if it's going like wildfire, and I I don't know, I we'll, we'll, More stories will be coming out here, but to say a dozen guys have it today, that could mean in the next. Forty eight to seventy two hours, another ten, fifteen get it, and there's no way. They're just they're just going on on what's going on based on the conversation we've just had for twenty minutes. I mean what it looks like today's well, bad, is what's whole, it gonna look like in four days? So this is my whole
4: issue is that you wanna beat the number, these lines come out very early, you're trying to make I mean now it's like what do you like if you <laughs> Like, I mean, I guess your attitude would be you get the game in any way, Dave, and it doesn't matter if the game gets canceled. It just gets canceled.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's how, that's how I feel. I mean, that's kind of
4: crazy when they say, Brian, they're searching for a replacement for the Gator Bowl. So what are they? Is it like the vice president? You have the second in command? Well, if they can't do it, then they can do it. And if they can't do it, then they can do
5: it. Yeah, but, I mean, they're searching for a replacement. I mean, what? Well they you know who are they going to find? they're going to find some ineligible bowl team and they're going to be a 40 point favorite. What's the point? Yeah. I, right.
3: Really I practice so I hard. agree. <laughs> what did you
4: what, back yeah. to the NFL for a second uh day uh Brian living in Las Vegas. What did you think of that Oakland almost choking it out to a third-string quarterback?
5: <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh you know, their play calling is just sketchy at best. And, you know, Carr twice puts the ball on the carpet. I mean, it was one of those deals. The Raiders, you know, when you got the ball, punt it right back to them on first down. Just keep the offense off the field. I mean, they did come through on the last drive, but yeesh. You ever, do you both watch games and, and kind of like,
4: it's like we've been doing this so long, like you literally say, Like I'm literally like driving down the road and I'm looking the score on my phone and I'm going, Oh, they're gonna win by two and everybody who laid two and a half is gonna get beat. Like I I just can like do you ever like you guys gotta be in the same camp as me. Like you could just see it coming, right? Like you just know they're gonna torture
3: better at the last play of the game. We do that every day. We do that every day probably. Do that every day. What was your buddy? You were on
4: Instagram you were on Instagram and your buddy on and the story was you were telling him relax with the Ravens game. Like at that point, it didn't even matter whether they went for two, made it, didn't make it. He was going to cover anyway. So what was the big deal? Oh, looked like he was going to have um, a heart attack. I
3: don't know. We had tons huh? overs, unders, money line. No, we're, I, oh, in play, game bets are like 5% of my action. It's that. Oh, we were all over the place in that game. We needed the two point conversion to go in, but. And then there was a the promotion. Hmm. For money lines, so we needed. Well, we ended up getting this. We ended up getting the Saints, but we had a we had huge money we could have made if if the two point conversion went in, but it didn't. Life went on, you know. So can't blow on that. But yeah, we were all. Over the place. Yeah, by think, the way? I thought about I, since Mike
5: died. No, I was just gonna say I was telling a story the other day that okay. It's a, I mean, I have no life. You know, I watch all the games, think I know the rules, you know, all, all this stuff. And one fell through the cracks on me the other day. I'm like, huh, I didn't know that. At Minnesota-Chicago, they score a touchdown on the last play of the game. And I'm like, well, they may kick the extra point here, and the thing would be a push. I was on the phone with a buddy of mine who was like, wait, come on, where's the extra point? And they all just walked off the field. They changed the rule in 2018 that they don't kick the extra point. They, they waive it if if the, both teams want to. They just waive the extra point. They changed the, the rule oh, wow. after the uh, Stephon Diggs Minnesota miracle when they scored on the last play of the game against New Orleans in the playoffs. I didn't know that.
3: <clears throat> yeah, that killed me. <laughs> but yeah, that was a big swing. I I didn't know that either. I don't think it happens too often. Really.
5: No, it doesn't. Uh, no, so I mean, it, it, I mean that's the thing. I, it, <laughs> I, I mean, it's a famous story. It was a Vegas thing. Everybody knew about it out here. Uh, you know, when I got here, they all remember the game. It was 1998, and the Bills are playing the Patriots at Foxborough, and New England was a three and a half point favorite, and the Bills are leading the game 21-17. And Bloodsow's the quarterback, and they're driving down the field. And on fourth down, he throws a pass to the sidelines. And the wide receiver is up in the air and catches it. it looked like his feet were up in the air. And they said he was in bounds. It, you know, I mean, anybody in Buffalo will say, to you, no way, he was not in bounds. So the drive stays alive. And then Bledsoe throws on the last play of the game a Hail Mary. And I had never seen this before and haven't seen it since they called pass interference on the Bills on a Hail Mary when everybody's in there throwing elbows and, you know, fighting. Have you ever seen a pass interference on a Hail Mary? Ever? (laughs) So they called pass interference on the Hail Mary. So, of course, New England gets an untimed down. My recollection is they actually ran another play and got interference again. And then, I believe it was the second untimed down, Bledsoe throws a touchdown pass to Ben Coates, and New England wins the game. Well, the line's three and a half. The score's twenty-three twenty-one. Well, the Bills walk off the field and they go to the locker room? And this took fifteen minutes. The, the, the referees—they're in the tunnel. They go up the tunnel. I've been—I was at Foxborough. I've been to that stadium hundred times. I can—you know—they they go up this hill. They go in the room. They're going. You have to come out for the extra point. And the Bills are like, "No, you go defend it. You took the game from us. We're not coming out." This went on for 15 minutes. The Bills would not come out of the locker room for the extra point. So finally the referees go back down to the field. New England lines up for the extra point. They snap it. They hand it to the kicker, Vinatieri, and he walks into the end zone for a two-point conversion, makes the final score 25-21, and they covered the game. And, 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 and make, Now, I knew that as a Bills fan, having been in, was in Buffalo at the time, and was covering the team at the time. And I knew about it. I remembered it. And you came out here. It was this famous, it's a famous Vegas story where people, they were ready to riot. They couldn't, you know, it was what, you know, everybody had a bet on that game. They all remembered it. And so that was the one, that was the first thing I thought of on that Monday night game, not realizing they'd changed the rule.
3: That's got uh, one of the worst things ever. Yeah. I, I wasn't betting then, I don't think so. Don't remember the betting part of it, but <laughs> yeah, that's brutal. That that is definitely a bad – They should do a bad
5: beat of the century. Oh, that's uh, the word No, that's the that's one of yeah. the worst. Yeah. Although absolutely. I've I've got I've got a million of them. I got a great one. Um, yeah. <laughs> back in the day, you know, you, you call you know you, you had a guy you call the guy whatever you're betting the games, and I, I'm on the phone. With my buddy, we were betting the games together, and we, like, back then it was like a big, whatever. We doubled up on, you know, it was like a bigger bet we had. It was a Georgetown St. John's game. And I'm in the kitchen on the phone with him watching this, and it was St. John's playing Georgetown. And I always got to do the setup right. So, uh, Georgetown was a one and a half point favorite. So, with. One second left, the guy from Georgetown gets fouled, and they're up one. So he makes the first foul shot, so they're up two. And I said to my friend, clank this, just miss this. This is before the three-point line, all that stuff. He goes, well, what's the difference? I go, trust me, right? (laughs) Sure enough, I think it was Reggie Williams, flushes the foul shot, So they're up three. The line's one and a half. And I'm on the phone with them. I go, here we go. And Chris Mullins takes the ball out of the net, steps out of bounds, left-handed, throws the ball the length of the court. And as the ball's arcing over center court, you see the Georgetown guys walking off the court. Bill Wennington standing at the other end, catches the ball, puts it in, and the game falls one. (laughs) I was like, the worst beat ever. Like i and I go, I just drop the phone, it's bouncing, it's bouncing on the floor. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I, I mean, mean, this is why i
4: this is why I kind of like agree with Dave, where I don't like watching the games because it's like honestly, it's like I don't like how I got there, like I mean again, sometimes I watch the games, but for the most part, I will say from a fan point of view, just not forget about the spread. You know, how about my son? Two games, in, was it in a row or one game, then a regular game, then last week's game where they go for it, they go for two to just win the game? Like, what was your – I mean, what was your take on that? Obviously, the spread did not matter for us betters. But, I mean, Brian, at that point, what? Would, again, what was the reason to not just go to overtime?
5: What, what, what game? Or
4: the Ravens game.
5: Green Bay. Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I missed you. <laughs> Harbaugh, I don't know. I mean, twice, twice he's done it. The one play they Joe dialed up a going good... too, man. Well, they dialed up a great play the first time, and Jackson just overthrew the kid, overthrew Andrews. Um, that play, he was going to walk in the end zone. This last one, that play didn't look very good from the get go. I guess his thinking is, I've got a play we've worked on a play all week long, so. I've got – and by the way, I told you that was my favorite play of the week was why was the total only 43 in the Green Bay game? I'm like, first of all, you got Rodgers. Did people – you say, why do you watch? I watched. I saw what I needed to see from Huntley in the game against Cleveland to say he's going to produce points. That total – because Lamar Jackson was out, they made the total 43, and I'm going, the other kid's playing better than Lamar Jackson. Right. You know? But anyway – you know his thinking is okay. A. Rogers is going to get the ball, has a chance to go down, and kick a field goal, and win again. You know, but or if we go to overtime, it's Huntley against Aaron Rodgers. He's like, let's just win it now and get it over with. I, you know, hey, he's a genius if it works. Yeah,
3: All right. The results there. Yeah, you know, results are everything in that moment.
4: Uh, so let me ask you, Dave, why I have it you, on know, my the mind. Dril- you last know the drill? You
3: know the drill,
4: John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So Dave, let me ask you: do, with, with first half and second half betting, this is my analysis. Now I ha- I don't have the data to back it up, which is if you're pregame betting an underdog in college basketball, that you almost don't want that underdog to be winning at halftime. Like what I what I've been finding is that like you know like yesterday I had Xavier, you know they're rolling at halftime. And then they just get smashed in the second half. I had Fresno State; they're winning outright by one, getting three and a half at halftime. They get smashed. It's like I—it's like I almost—it's almost like they—they're blowing their load too early, the underdogs. Or is—and I haven't done the numbers, and I don't know if you look at it like that. If you, to me, it's like, well, if I have an underdog in basketball, I—I I could probably make a play on them in the first half. And I'm probably going to cover that too. In worst case, I'll go one and one if I do pregame in the first half. Like, I just see a lot of these teams. It's not like I want to bet the favorite in the second half, but I see a lot of these basketball teams blow their leads in the second half. It's a tale of two sides of a game. And I was wondering if you put any thought into that, look at that at halftime when these games go into halftime.
3: No, I just, no, No. I don't. I I want my team winning at half. But, I mean, yeah, sometimes teams might start too fast and run out of gas. But no, I, definitely I mean, don't yeah, like I had an
4: underdog. Right. I mean, it works both ways. I had an underdog yesterday, Utah Valley. They won first half, second half, blew out the other team, no problem. You know, it didn't matter. But I'm just saying it seems like, man, it's like, wow, I watch these teams. It's like exactly what you said. They might come out too fast or – the favorite just doesn't care in the first half. I got to one day do the numbers on if you bet every underdog in the first half and you didn't bet in pregame, I bet you have a much higher percentage than if you, uh, you know what I mean, like overall mm-hmm. where a dog could be ahead at halftime and then give it up in the second half. And I'm I'm talking about straight up winning or losing. I don't mean with the spread. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. I yeah, know, I don't know. But it will probably be an efficient market. I don't know, though. You could be right,
4: and you're not looking at and you're not looking at uh, to like go against uh, teams like Green Bay and like when they're covering too much. Like they didn't cover last week against Green, so they're 11 and three against the spread. Dallas and Green Bay have the same record. They're the two top teams against the spread, right? 11 and three against the spread. So do they just become? I won't even say amongst you, just amongst syndicate betters. Do they just gun for these teams at the end of the year, like, all right, we're going to expect to revert to the mean and we're going to just, we're going to go against green Bay. I mean, I see right now, green Bay seven, but it's lit up in red on the screen on Saturday. And um, when's Dallas play uh, Thursday, we got the Titans uh, and the 49ers. Do you look at that? Those teams that you just assume that they're going to just be chased down. Because uh, betting groups are just going to be fading those teams, or no?
3: No, it's situational. <clears throat> and, then, and then all these unknowns uh, make it – a lot of stuff, the limits are smaller too, so that's – Yeah,
4: I noticed on the screen in the, end, in the NFL we have – right, because in the NFL I see here we have one, two, three, four, five games that are lit up in red. Which is very rare. You don't see that many games in the NFL screen
3: lit up in red this early, right? Yeah, it's just a lot of unknowns. Yeah, That's situational. So, like, for instance,
4: yeah, like this uh, Ravens number here. It's like two and a half. The Bengals are two and a half. Now they just went to Denver. Did you go to that Denver game or no?
3: No, I don't do that. No, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah, I know you went to some football
4: Yeah, you, so you, know you went to the Jackson's
3: Rockies. Playing. You haven't been at Denver game at all. I have before like, years ago. I've I've been to like three of them in the 2000s and 2010s, uh, 2010 or so, but not recently. It looked fun. The Rockies games are fun, so I I can only imagine how the Broncos games would be. Just drinking and in the crowd, but no, it's right. not work. Yeah,
4: Well, like I said, when I look at this game, to me, it's just like a trap. The Bengals go, uh, the Denver, they beat Denver because Denver loses their quarterback, goes out with a head injury. Then they come home. They make them two and a half. They open to three. Now they're two and a half. And then the Ravens, well, you already know that no matter what. I mean, if you, even if Lamar doesn't play, you got Huntley. We already see he can get the job done. You got, I mean, again, isn't this a spot? Mm-hmm. Mike's not on there that you just take the Ravens at
3: post if you get three. Probably, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. But they moved the line yeah, like six points. Um, last week it was like a six-point swing, something like that. Because I think it was like four when they thought Jackson was going to play. You know, it was, it was, yeah, it was four and a half, and then it closed nine and nine. So it's right. important. Although you have to adjust because. The performance was pretty good last week. So, I don't know, but it, but it is an important factor whether you play. Brian says it's not. I don't know, watching it, though, I, for some reason I was watching that game a lot. <laughs> he looked good, just like Jackson. So, I don't know, but yeah, I'd probably lean to take three, personally. But. Yeah, and then,
4: you know, like, and, and it's interesting, uh, Brian, You're like you said, I was looking this morning. Um, And it was funny because it came up. I'm going to try to bring it up while we're on the air for you. It was about the Buffalo Bills. It said – I'll give it to you right now. The Bills hardly ran the ball in an important game last year, and Allen finished fifth in the league passing. A lot of people are, like, picking on the Bills right now. What's your – uh, the Bills lead the league in net yards per play, Mr. Blessing. But they are in the red for the last three games minus 0.05 yards per play. So what happened in the last three games since you're the Bills guy to break it down and we can't hear about the Ravens from Mike today?
5: Uh-huh. Well, what I tell you last week? I said what looks terrible today is could look ridiculously different in three weeks. Look what Kansas City's done. So the Bills were two games back. If you are willing to look 10 minutes into the future, they needed Indianapolis to beat New England, which was a very real possibility. And the Bills play Carolina, Atlanta, and the Jets. So because Indy beat New England, if the Bills win this game, they win the AFC East. I mean, so it looked cataclysmic two weeks ago. If the Bills win this game and the last time they played it was 14-10 in the horrible wind and weather conditions and I don't—they didn't look at the Foxboro weather. It can be crummy there, but it ain't going to be like it was that game. So It was a lot easier for Belichick to defend Josh Allen in those conditions. That's not going to be the case in this game. Now, I mean, Mac Jones is going to be throwing the ball around too, but I do believe the Bills have to run the ball in this game because what Belichick will do is try to take away Josh Allen. He's going to find a way to take away Josh Allen, and he's going to have nickel-and-dime coverage in there the whole game. That's what he's going to do. So if that's the case and the Bills can get the running game going, they'll get chunk yardage on the ground. Everybody shoots holes at the running back with the Bills. They're fine. The running backs are fine. It's not the running backs. It's It's the offensive line and the scheme. Where they live and die with everything Josh Allen does, and Allen, you know, listen, you got Josh Allen against. Let me just ask you a, a very real, fair question: New England's been a great story, a great story all year long. But you're walk, you're going into this game now. Beasley's out, but you're going into this game. Who's the better team? I
4: mean, I, I would love
5: the Bills plus three. I, I yeah, me too.
4: I know. I already knew. I already knew that that you're waiting till posted. I mean, does it get to three, Brian, or is everybody sharp enough even no, the to no, realize
5: I, it was it was a two and a half early in the week, like it was going to three, and now it's back down. We're seeing the consensus is two. I was at a thing on Saturday night with a bunch of odds makers, and we're talking about that game, and basically. The 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 consensus was they could see New England would be one, for what the market would do, but the odds makers basically had it a pick. So if you give if you give home field advantage, assign three points to New England at on at home. You know, on a neutral field, they're telling you the Bills are at least a three point they're better than them rating wise by three points. And the the other thing I would say, and it's like this it's not a leap of faith. This is fact. And it's like Arizona was on we talked about Arizona walking into a, a disaster spot. I didn't see Detroit winning the game, but we had talked about Arizona laying two touchdowns to Detroit. Arizona plays better on the road than they play at home. Detroit had fielded had nobody on the field in the game against Denver. They didn't even field a team. It was, you know, so they, oh, they got blown out by Denver. Yeah, but there was a reason they got blown out by Denver. And the Bills play better on the road than they play at home. It's a fact.
4: Right. So let me, so let me ask you, um, Dave, I did a YouTube video at halftime right as the Denver game went into halftime. And I said, do not play Arizona in the second half. If you have to play the game, play Detroit plus the points and then even take a little on the money line. Of course, I didn't do it. I was kicking myself. I almost went on my YouTube channel and I did the same thing at the sec- at halftime of the Saints game because you've taught me and I've learned not to just take the favorite down at half. The question is, is that, I know you hate the term. We got 10 minutes left. Is that an auto bet spot where you just automatically press Detroit at half or you press the Saints at half because you know, you're going to get a better line because they're going to automatically inflate the line. And I, I got to imagine if we had access to halftime handle numbers, Brian, they were so far out of whack. I mean, literally, those books must have had everyone come in on Arizona and everyone come in on Brady. Do you guys not agree at halftime?
3: Yeah, yeah that's right. Sure. Yep. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Hey, re- hey, real, hey, real, so you- real, real quick—an update on the thing you uh, brought up earlier, John, on the Gator Bowl with Texas A&M, okay. and what we were saying. I was like, "Well, wait a minute." Okay, yeah, they're searching for a team, and you're going to get a you yeah, know a, t- they- a team that was bowl ineligible, that they could go say, "Yeah, we'll do it," and then you know A and M's like a 35 point favorite. What they're saying is the only way. But the Gator Bowl, which is awful, it's like you're you're rooting for a calamity. But the way they're thinking this may pan out is that Wake Forest is sitting there, okay, we're going to keep practicing. And the way it would work is potentially if another bowl game has a team that has an outbreak that can't play, they would pluck one of the teams from another bowl game that's affected. That's the only way they believe this will work. That makes sense, actually. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Works. yeah but what yeah. do
4: you do with the sponsorship and the money that's involved
5: with each well, other? What,
4: are they just splitting? Well,
5: yeah, but the, yeah, the, the problem is, I, so you're talking about the Gator Bowl. Like, okay, great, yeah, hey, thanks, come on, you guys come here. Well, the other bowl's going to go, no, wait a minute, you guys come here. <sighs> then you got the bowl games fighting with, <laughs> with each other. Why, why, why are you bailing on my bowl to go to that bowl?
4: Right. And no team wants a forfeiture where they get to act like they won a game if they didn't
5: play it. That's well, well, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, right now bet the under in the Texas AM game, or, or you know, or whatever or the Week Forest game. Two nothings—the final score.
4: Oh man, it's unbelievable. Well, I was telling him when you walked away, I said, if you look at the DB screen, you got six NFL games lit up in red. You just have no idea. You got the the Cleveland Green Bay Packer game lit up in red. Um, you got. The uh, man, I keep getting these COVID alerts on my computer. I'm sure Dave is too. Detroit, Atlanta, mm-hmm. lit up in red. Ravens, Cincinnati, lit up in red. Steelers, Kansas City, lit up in red. Washington, Dallas, lit up in red.
5: Um, Here, Here's one. This just came out. And try this one on for size college basketball. The ACC. St. Francis? No, the okay. ACC is saying the athletic directors voted to rescind the league's forfeit rule. All right? So this means the league is going to move to, it's called the 7 and one rule, and it means a team will have to play the game if it has seven players and one coach available. (laughs) Oh, man.
4: We'll just grab my son and we'll stick him in there. He's got a good three-point
5: shot. Can he go to his left?
4: Yeah, I'm sure he can. Yeah, he can. He's good. But it's but it, I mean, th- this is the thing. And again, this is the thing that's crazy to me is you're not sitting in front of the, sc- the DB screen. I believe, uh, Brian. But I know that Dave is, and I am. The entire show, we have had constant COVID update after COVID update after COVID update just for today's games, just for today's games. But what I'm trying to figure out is, and maybe you know the answer because I haven't done a deep dive, are they just testing all the players as part of a regiment or are there players that actually are sick and getting tested and then they're finding out they have COVID or is it, is it the other way around?
5: What are you talking, I mean, I've co- are you talking college?
4: Canceled. Yeah, I've had six yeah. games have been canceled while we've been on well, the
5: air. Well, here, let me hear you. You want another goofball story? I mean, I'm. I'm this was not widely reported um had Mike Harrington on my hockey show, or no, he's on the uh, Sportsbook Radio show um, yesterday. He covers the Sabres. And Buffalo had gone on a road trip to play up in Winnipeg. And the NHL had most of the big outbreaks, the what the big one was Calgary. And the the difference is the testing is not I guess as not as, not, not that it's not as good, it's not as rapid. As the tests are in the States. So, Buffalo was going up to Winnipeg to play, and these guys were all like terrified to go there. Like, they, they're like, wait a minute. You know, if, we, if we, any of us test positive because of the quarantine rules in Canada, these guys would be stuck there over Christmas. So, they were all like, oh, right, 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 like, right, oh right. my God, we don't. We. So, they went, and they're, all, and they're all terrified. They test in Winnipeg on the day of the game, and they play the game. And then, then they get on the plane and leave. They go to Minnesota to play the next night. You know, it's like they're all like applauding on the plane when they get back into American airspace. And they get to Minnesota, and the morning of the game in Minnesota, they get tested again. They got the results of the test back in Minnesota the day of the game. They got the results of those tests back before they got the results of the test that they took in Winnipeg the day before. How insane is that? That's
3: crazy. Yeah, I would have never thought that's that. That's crazy.
4: Interesting, yeah. They, uh, not, to br- not to brag, guys, but, you know, I live five minutes from Towson State University. Uh, <laughs> see, wait wait, from- wait, wait a minute. Wait,
5: rolling. wait a minute. That's a, that's just a point of information. I mean, wh- I mean wh- no, wh- I, why, why would you? But I'm just letting you know,
4: they're, they're rolling. They're up 40 to 25 and a half, beating Navy, and they've been covering games like nobody's business. So you're telling me a-
5: they're your new IUPUI?
4: Not that my no, I didn't say I even played him today. I didn't like the fact that they opened up as a three-point dog and they went to a one-and-a-half-point favorite because all these big betting groups caught wind of this team five minutes from my house. And and I was going to ask you. That's why I wanted to bring it up, Dave. When you see huge line movement like that on the screen, the opener in a college basketball game in an obscure game and they're plus three, and there's no injuries, there's no COVID, there's no nothing, and then you see them literally go from plus three to minus one and a half. What do you equate that move on?
3: Just they had it off, and, and that is not a game. So I could see how they how they definitely would have that one off. Yeah, they, they just had a good read on the team. But I will say I'm starting to feel sick, guys. I don't know. Oh jeez. Totally <laughs> yeah. Are you joking? Oh come know. on. You're, you're joking, right? I'm kind of like lightheaded and like tired and coughing. Oh, okay, he's joking. I don't okay. know. Good, good, good. Uh, I don't know. Oh my god. I, I'm trying there to. Are to I'm, I'm, far, I'm trying right? to. Are,
5: are the hair the hairs on your arms starting to stand up? Yes. That was another symptom of COVID, yes. Uh Uh-oh. He says, uh uh-oh. Go
4: buy another pair of tennis shoes. Hey, listen,
5: all joking aside, I hope Mike's feeling better. David, you you know, fluids. Nap time. (laughs) Nap time. Uh, Hey, we'll do it again next week, fellas. It's always a treat. Great stuff. We invite you all to check out the website sportsinsiderradio.com. We love joining you each and every week. Same time, same place next week. Merry Christmas, everybody.
2: it's the Vegas Board Tuesday morning at 10 on AM 1400, KSHP, North Las Vegas, and KSHP.gov.
1: USA Radio News with Tim Berg. As
0: gas prices continue to edge downward, President Biden says, I did that. The president touting his administration's response to rising gas prices over the summer.
1: I work with international partners to coordinate the release of oil from our oil reserves and theirs. Now, gas prices are coming down, more than 10 cents a gallon nationally.
0: Republicans have criticized President Biden's decisions to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline and reverse many of former President Donald Trump's policies aimed at keeping oil production in the United States and keeping us energy independent. A new poll finds wide mistrust of Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. 64% of respondents say the government.